Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Long to hold you again. Yeah, great song. That was, uh, of course, uh, These Eyes uh, from the Guess Who. The uh, question is, what, and I guess, who is the Guess Who? What do you think of the Guess Who? Right? do you think of Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman? And, you know, those were the two minds behind that and other classics. But I guess, you know, it's a broader question of what makes a band a band. A band is its members. A band is its identity. A band is its songs. But if you had a ticket, if someone gave you for Christmas uh, a ticket to go see the Guess Who, what would you be expecting? You'd obviously expect to hear these eyes and some other hits. But who would you expect to see on stage? Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman, presumably. So if they're not there, is it the guess who? Well, here's the thing, right? Because the guess who wasn't just those two, as much as they are the most well-known members, uh, two other founding members, lesser known, Jim Cale and Gary Peterson. There's a subject of a lawsuit, a lawsuit that's been filed by the other more well-known members of the guess who over who gets to call themselves the guess who. So basically, there is a band touring called The Guess Who that includes uh, Gary Peterson, as well as uh, four others. Now, uh, Jim Cale has been a part of this at times, but is apparently not part of the current touring lineup. Well, Bachman and Cummings say, no, you can't call yourselves The Guess Who. You're basically just a cover band. And so they've gone to court. So there's a legal fight here, I guess, over who has the trademark, who gets to use the name. But there's a broader question, as mentioned, as to what makes a band a band. Anyway, joining us for some thoughts on this is someone with a unique perspective on kind of both aspects of this. Kurt Dahl is a partner and entertainment lawyer with Cole Harbor Law, also a drummer for the band One Bad Son. Kurt, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's an interesting case in so many ways. What what stands out to you about this case? What makes it interesting from your perspective? Well, yeah, I find this kind of stuff fascinating. I mean, I, the interesting thing for me is that um, Peterson, you know, the bass player, registered a trademark back in the 70s, I believe, or 80s, after he had left the band so he you know this really strikes me as opportunistic he had left the band and i think the band was on hiatus so arguably no one was touring playing as the guess who so he saw an opportunity there was no trademark registered he went and registered a trademark and then you know back then obviously pre-internet um you know bachman and cummings didn't they didn't have a chance to you know refute the trademark application so it was successful um, so the whole thing just actually seems very sketchy, and ultimately, you're, uh, to your point at the outset here, your average fan would expect Bachman and Cummings when they think of the guess who, not a bass player who doesn't even sing, right? Right, but if he was a founding member, like, can he still claim, well, look, I was in the guess who, I was part of the guess who, if I'm there, it's, it's still the guess who. 
Well, exactly. And that's the real legal question here. This is at the end of the day, I say this to every band. Get a band agreement, first off, which is like a partnership agreement in the business world, but in the music world we call it a band agreement. Um, and that outlines who can use the band name if the band breaks up or, or if certain members leave, etc. So sign a band agreement and secondly, get a trademark. Um, and this... This just speaks, speaks to that point. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if a band is, is still a band, if they're all together and they get a trademark, isn't that kind of a shared trademark? Do they, do they each, are they each able to claim that? Like, how does it work when you got four members in one entity? So with a contract, with a band agreement, it'll say, you know, it's owned by, you know, it depends on the band situation. Like, if it's the Rolling Stones, it's owned by Mick and Keith, I would imagine. Um, if it's One Bad Son, it's owned by me and our singer, Shane, because we're the original members. Um, but without something in writing, the law sort of presumes an equal split. The law presumes a, a partnership with equal split, and that's with, that, inter- that counts for revenue splits and the ownership of the band name. So without anything in writing, technically, you're right, each of the original members of the guests who would, would have an equal claim. And then, of course, Peterson went and registered the trademark. Um, so arguably, he's got this valid trademark. And his argument is, hey, you know, sure, that Burton and, and Blockman think that they are the, the, the real guess who, but, um, you know, they tour as themselves individually, and I've got, a ba- I've got my own band, and we've been releasing music as the guess who since the 80s. So I've got a, a better claim to it. And, I mean, quite frankly, I, I don't buy that argument, but that's his argument. Right. And it, it, it will get into the weeds on some of this stuff, it sounds like, because, yes, he registered the trademark. Bachman and Cummings are saying they had no idea that he did so, and they're claiming there were some false uh, representations that were made in doing so. So maybe a lot of it's going to hinge on, on some of those details. Well, and I, I, if, I were, if I were lawyer for Bachman and Cummings, I would – you know, sort of use the reasonable person test. Um, and I bring in some average music fans and say, hey, if you bought tickets to the Guess Who, would you expect me and, and Bachman to be there? And of course, your average person is going to say, yeah, you know, I associate the Guess Who with the two of you. Um, and so what you t- uh, achieve with that, that sort of testimony or that sort of test is showing the judge and perhaps the jury that, you know, your average consumer would buy tickets expecting those two and therefore if they're not there um that's you know that's not good for for business and that's not good for you know uh, i guess the strength of of the gary peterson's claim because um you don't want people buying tickets and, and being confused and, right. and and obviously gary peterson is getting we call it unjust enrichment in the legal world so he's getting unjustly enriched by you know trading off the band name and the goodwill associated with it right and even if uh, you know technically he's he's on legal uh, high ground here and i guess we'll see what the courts decide but even if there's a legal case in his favor is there are there ethical issues here like you know in, in portraying yourself as the guess who knowing what people associate with the brand the guess who i mean should there be something in the the promotional material the marketing that yeah we're calling ourselves the guess who but you know to be clear this is who the band now is yeah, well, and it's, uh, yeah, you're right. It could be, you know, it gets sort of, uh, like you said, into the weeds where, you know, the post, I mean, I'm imagining the poster with the guess who, but not featuring, not, not featuring okay. who you think it is. But also, it's uh, especially ironic and perhaps funny, uh, for at least for outsiders. 
based on the band name. I mean, it's the guess, guess who's going to show up when you, when you buy a ticket. I mean, it's not who you think it is. Um, but yeah, ultimately, and I saw a video post, I've been kind of following this for a while, and I actually posted a, a, a TikTok on this a few months ago before before they launched a case, uh, Burden and Bachman. And um, it, yeah, I think the TikTok sort of got people talking about this issue even more. And um, I, it's really, the video I, I follow, I follow the other guess who, like the, the, the not legit guess who, um, and yeah, there's there's no there's no real connection between those musicians and these classic songs, right? And so, it, I mean, personally, if I bought a ticket and sh- this band showed up, I, I would feel quite disappointed. Um, I mean, I guess it could be a situation of buyer beware, but at the end of the day, we don't want people being tricked in, into thinking they're getting something when they're not. Okay, let me ask you, and you're a drummer here, so you've got a good perspective, maybe a somewhat biased perspective. Um, but let's take a band like Def Leppard, right? Um, you know, iconic band, Rick Allen, you know, an iconic drummer, one of the best ever. But, you know, Joe Elliott's, you know, the front man. He's, he's the face. He's what people think of when they hear those Def Leppard songs. Does one have more of a claim to representing the band than the other? Well, and that's a great question. And that, that was actually the first band that we ever uh, toured arenas with. Def Leppard brought us on tour. Oh, no kidding, uh, really? And wow, so we became buddies, buddies with them. And, and Rick actually let me drum on his kit, which is kind of cool. Wow. Um, but that's a whole other interview. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're great guys, and you're right. So, And again, I'm a drummer, so maybe I'm biased, but you know, I'm pretty uh, self-aware. You know, I know that um, if a drummer... You know, the drum the people associate the singer with a sound more than anything, right? So, so let's use or Guns N' Roses without Axel, there's no Guns N' Roses, right? Like that'd be a that'd be yeah, a stretch exactly. picture. And, and again, Def Leppard's a good example. Without Joe Elliott, there is no Def Leppard. So, so you're right, and that's where band agreements are so important because, you know, arguably. You know, again, in those two examples, I would say the band name should go with those singers, but the Def Leppard guitar players are also really important, and and Rick Allen. So, I mean, I would say every band is different. Some bands, I would say, they should have an agreement that if any of them leave, that no one can use the band name, right? Um, but again, there's like Axl Rose with GNR. If he leaves, I think, and he does own the name, um, or Throwing Stones. I mean, it's, you need Mick and Keith. Without one of them, I would argue there is no Stones. I'm definitely without Mick, but I would say without Keith, there's no Stones either. But so I think every situation is different, um, you know, and and that's why band agreement is so important, right? Um, but to your point, overall, yes, most what's most recognizable to most music fans is the singer when it comes to a band. Uh, you know, another example would be the Beatles, right? So John Lennon left the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles then broke up. But those are two different things. Like, if you're a member of a band and you leave the band, that's kind of implied that the band still exists, you're just not a part of it. Whereas the band breaking up, that it ceases to exist. So those are two different things, right? Yeah, and that's what I always advise, too, with young bands. You know, that's uh, discuss this or deal with this in a band agreement as well. So if... You know, you could have a clause saying that if Joe Elliott leaves Def Leppard, the band breaks up. Like the, the, you've got sort of these different set, these things that apply. Or if, or if three out of five members leave, the band has to break up and that sort of thing. Um, but that, but then there's always these exceptions. I mean, think of ACDC. I mean, 
But when Bon Scott died, and no one would have guessed they, they would they would continue, um, let alone become bigger than they ever were, because Bon Scott was, in their minds, the greatest frontman ever. Yeah. So I mean. And then Brian Johnson comes along, and they become the biggest band in the world. So those situations are pretty rare. Usually, if a singer in a rock band dies or leaves the band, typically that's the end of the band. But, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you want to put that in some sort of agreement. Really interesting. We'll see how this case plays out. In the meantime, uh, you're on uh, social media at Lawyer Drummer, also LawyerDrummer.com. Kurt, always appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Thank you, Rob. I will talk music industry issues anytime you want me to. Fantastic. All right, Kurt. All the best. Take care. Okay. Merry Christmas. Thank you, You Rob. You too.